I'm with Wayne. We're just post game. How you doing, Wayne? I'm a, well. What a difference a week makes because I mean, yeah, it does. I, I'm much better now than I was a week ago for sure. And yeah, talking after a win and one yeah, ninety minutes possibly not perfect, but the first forty-five, even accounting for the goal, I thought it was one of the most promising. Well, probably since Solskjaer away from home yeah. that we've played. I was really impressed with that first half. Lot, lot of control, gave away the goal, but came back strong. I thought United were very good most of the game. I mean, obviously towards the what the last 15, 20 minutes, Everton had a lot of pressure. A couple of, couple of times they chucked it into the mixer with Calvert-Lewin, which was mm. bound to happen. But I thought overall this was not a bad performance from United. Went more counter-attack in the second half, but fashioned some chances as a result. So, not too many negatives to say about this. thought Ten Hag got the team right to start with as well. Made changes when, well, not too many changes, but you know the, the two changes sort of late in the game to try and close things out and got the result. What more do you need? Well, yeah, and you... You look at it in a, sort of like a binary fashion and say results are what United desperately needed after after what happened against City. But we know, we know because we sit and watch this and analyse it for like an hour, like and you you for three hours w- with the various pod guests that you have, you know, on a on a rolling basis that you're looking for more than just results. And the the, the key thing that we've been looking for is character and response, right? Because we know that they've got talent right. and and all that sort of stuff and. So over the last week, we've definitely seen character and response. We saw it. It might have come from the manager at half-time in the Europa League, but it certainly came because they were very good in the second half. The changes were good, and, and, and we got the win. And Ammonia put up a great performance, and um, in, in their own, respectively, they, they put up a great performance because sure. it was a game of their lives, and, and United were made to work for it. And then United, again, a, a different kind of test, and which is something that I'm always keener to look at and more enthusiastic about when I see the response is how the team reacts by themselves without needing the half-time rocket. And they responded, we've seen that United team or various members of that United team concede an early goal after starting well and completely lose their heads and just lose it. And, and they didn't, they, re- they regrouped, they were very good. That Martial looked really good, and then the team recovered from losing him and having a very yeah. different kind of threat in the team, and making the most out of that threat because I thought Ronaldo was all right when he came on as well in a very different kind of way to what Martial would have played. So, two different game plans, different resilience in terms of coming back in into the game, different approaches in terms of how they controlled both of the games in the, in the last week. And yeah, I, th- I think everything. It's like we, we've been saying all along this season. With because it's a building block kind of season, and you're trying mm-hmm. to see all the stepping stones and how ten hours going. Yeah, you could have said, "Oh, United, everyone wanted us to win against." City. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm in that group as well. But acknowledging we were probably going to lose, and then assessing how, how heavy the scale of that loss was was going to be kind of interesting anyway, because we've been saying all along, "Well, Ten Hag's been learning from his mistakes." as he's been going along, and he, he did. Yeah, maybe he picked too passive a midfield against it. Maybe he didn't look at the right. historical good results we've had against City and think, this is how I'm going to set up. He went in a little bit too bold. We They wiped the floor with us, and he's gone back and he's gone, no, well, 
I'm still going to stick with what I'm doing because I still think that that's the right thing to do. But I'm, I'm going to use that heaviness in terms of the defeat to start switching things right. up again. And I think we we debated the right time to bring in Casemiro. I think it was the right time. I don't think he was perfect tonight. I think the man of the match, mm-hmm. Cole, was probably a little bit optimistic by BT Sport. But he was very good and he did recover very he well. He was. So. And especially since he made a mistake in the build-up to Everton's goal as well. Yeah. And and he still gave away a few passes. And you still get the sense that he's still getting used to the speed because he, he's making mistakes that I don't think I ever saw him made at Real Madrid. Yeah. Giving away sloppy balls and that kind of thing just wasn't the kind of thing he typically did. And I, I suspect that's to do with the speed and the physicality and him getting used to it. Let's hope he's getting used to it. But after that, I thought very good. Made the third man run, should have scored. Shouldn't even that pass from Rashford yeah. with a header, got the assist with, with a very good ball into the channel for Ronaldo for United's what mm-hmm. turned out to be the winner. All round good game. So yeah, right right time for him to come in. I thought the other the other changes made a lot of sense. Rashford on form for Sancho, Shaw on form for yeah. Malassia. And not that I want to beat up on Malassia, but he had a couple of tough games and and it's only fair. I mean, Ten Hag has said before that he's going to pick players on how they're playing. Yeah. And that's a good bar, isn't it? Because I think it's true to say that under Oli, players didn't always get picked on form and performance, sometimes yeah. on reputation. And I mean, it's very clear. If you're playing well, you're in the team. If you're not, you're out. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, think... yeah, no drama about it. And and so the the four changes tonight were probably the right ones. Yeah. And and just unlucky for Anthony Martial that he's again injured. I mean, the guy just cannot stay fit. And how yeah. serious will tell. And it might have been one of those ones, in fact, where it's it's Martial sort of him deciding that he's not quite right. <laughs> no, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm, so, I'm, I might be controversial to the listener here um, because I've been heavily critical of Martial over the last few years and that probably the last couple of runs he's had in the first team, I've said this is last last chance alone for him. I don't yeah. think it would have been the, the last few weeks because he, he's known that this is round about his last chance and he knows that he's got a chance. He, he knows yeah. that he's not going to yeah. be kicked out of the team. He's had faith to have a run of performances in front of Ronaldo, which I think is a massive investment of faith from a manager. So he can't say that he's not being backed. To, to perform or he's not been given the chance. So I don't think, I think it will be a, a fair enough injury that he's picked up and that he, see, the rumour was that he picked it up in the in the build-up and he wasn't going to play. Right. You know, he got it just before kickoff and he, he, he played through that. I mean, he actually played all right when he was on the pitch. He looked like he was going to do stuff and it just didn't work out for him. And he's, he's going to get his chance again. And he, he, needs he will, he will. And look, I think the challenge with Marcel is less that he's faking the injury and more that it has to be 100% in his head for him to, yeah, to feel yeah, like... Fair. A bit a bit like Cavani. He doesn't want to play unless he feels exactly right. Whereas other players will play to a fault with all kinds of injuries. I mean, Harry Maguire did himself a disservice by playing for months with yeah. know, taking injections for the hip problem. So, and Rashford's played through shoulder injuries, ankle injuries... And a broken back, uh, and he still he gets pelters from <laughs> fans all over the place. So. Yeah, my I tell you, if I do have a reservation with, let's say Shaw and Martial, just for the sake of argument, because they were the two started and they've a lot uh-huh. of criticisms been in, the, and and they both played well. 
Now, Shaw's already shown that he can do that. He can get into shape and he can and he can put in good performances when he's performing when he's positioning the side. He's under severe threat. That's when you see him at his best. But still, at his best, United and, and Lindelof is a good example of this as well. Lindelof, Shaw, and Martial, three players who come in. Their, their attitude can't be questioned at the minute because they're coming in and doing a job, but that job is still probably only good enough to get United in, into the top three. I'm, maybe not this season, but historically, that that's what it's been. And I'm not—I don't want to be too harsh on them because what, what I'm saying is effectively the case that they're making for themselves is that they're going to be very useful squad players, and I don't think that that's a bad place for them to be considering where they could have been at the start of the summer if they sure. if that's what they're going to offer long term then great and it's good in terms of like you said Molassi's had a couple of bad games so if you've got a professional if Shaw's going to be really professional about this and come in and say this is as good as I'm going to get for the rest of my career and I'm going to give it everything then that's not a bad thing and it's going to give Molassi a breathing room to to improve as well um so I, I do want to say one thing uh, while we're giving praise Nobody's going to have heard this on the podcast because I saved this grumble off air. But you will definitely attest to this, Ed. I have been very marginally critical of Anthony in in my sort of like that slight reservation that I've had because, and it's all basically all based in the Sociedad game. Now, now that I've right. seen him play runner games, I've been all right. Okay, I'm a little bit more convinced, but I was. A little bit apprehensive about giving him too much praise because there's only one moment in the in the Sociedad game where he spanned the marker and he ran. Yeah. But apart from that, it was anonymous. And, and my grumble to you over these last two or three podcasts that we've done is that I've not seen. Sometimes I don't think I've seen enough of him. I don't think that he's made himself present. But he I certainly, right. I mean, the, right. the last three games stepped up against City. He was probably our best player, certainly in the second half with that amazing goal. He was definitely present against against Ammonia, and he definitely was again tonight with another good goal. So I, I'm 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 going to admit it. I'm going to put my hands up and say that off air, I was saying I'm a little bit unsure about his presence if he, if he well, can make it himself. But he, but he's he's finding his feet and he's not going hiding for sure. No, that, that's for sure. And it's still very early days. I mean, I, I think with tongue firmly in cheek, I was uh, questioning whether he was a bit rubbish actually on the last pod. So <laughs> he's, look, he's not rubbish. He's got plenty of talent. It's the application yeah. of it. And, and is he going to get involved enough in the game to justify both his position in the side and the ridiculous amount of money that United paid for him. Uh, it, that bit's not his fault. Yeah. That's, that's the, the dumb higher ups. There's, there's a, there's a there's a there's 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 a phrase in venture capital land, my kind of business and smart money and dumb money and United are dumb money and we spent a lot of dumb money on Anthony. Now I'm hoping, like I think, even if he's amazing, it'd be hard to justify the fee that United has spent on a player from the Dutch league. But let's let's hope he does his best. And tonight, look, you can't argue with the output. There's three goals for him, three excellent goals for yeah. him in I don't know how many games. Seven or eight now. It's not all, it's not that all many. of his Premier League starts. He's, he's scored in, so that's right. Excellent finish again tonight. Not not that's not an easy finish. Opening his body out like mm. that, just about got it high enough over Pickford uh, and United. Really need uh, the right ball from Bruno. If he mm. delayed much longer, it might not have been on. It'd have been too wide. Right ball from Bruno. Fine finish. Got United back in the game. Really needed that. Uh, and so, yeah, good, good for Anthony. And he got, he got involved. He's, you're right. He's been anonymous. 
so is Sancho on the other side. Sancho dropped tonight. It's a tough one for him, but the right call because on form, yeah. Rashford deserves to be in the team and Rashford was bright again. Unlucky not to get the goal. Mm. I mean, I haven't I haven't quite seen the analysis of that because I, I don't think I saw enough replays to know whether it came off another part of his body onto his hand or direct onto his hand because that really does matter for whether it's, it's rightly chalked off by the VAR or not. So, but anyway... I, I think all the players came in, none of them will be out of the team for the next Premier League game based on performance. Shaw was good, Casemiro was good, given his mistake. Rashford was good, Bright, making the runs inside, making the runs into the channel. Who else? Who else? There, there, there were the four changes, right? Casemiro, Shaw, yeah. Rashford, and maybe that's it. Martial. Martial, well, we'll see. He might not be fit. Ericsson was but, magnificent again, by the way. Let, let's again. Him. He's unbelievable, again. isn't he? He's so good. I mean, he, he's just so much, like, just a sense of calm in the centre of midfield. And I, I don't, I mean, he wouldn't have been playing at that in that role had United bought De Jong, I don't think. I don't think they'd have played the two of them together. Maybe they would have but it would have been very bold. And and so in that sense, it's last-minute sort of change from Ten Hag to play Ericsson at eight rather than further forward. Mm. But it's it's working. I'm sure there's games where it won't work, but tonight definitely did. You know, great on the ball, takes the right, slows it down when you have to, speeds it up when you have to. Yeah, no notes, perfect. Let, let, let's move on to Ronaldo. Let's talk about Ronaldo because... Sure. Obviously, we've got to get this one out of the way. Now, I, I a lot of people criticised him on Thursday, and I was tempted to because you look at the standard of the opposition. But I still felt you you know that like the old adage in football is if they're getting into the right positions, then then you don't have to worry too much. And Ronaldo's got so much experience that I mean, unless his touch has suddenly deserted him and he's become a donkey, and I don't think that that's the case. You know what I mean? It would have had to have been such a significant drop off over the space of six months, and that a lot of people have started saying it could be due to his personal issues. That, that a lot of this stuff's got into his, and you can understand that as well. I don't think he would. I'm not going to say he was exceptional tonight because because I think that's unreasonable. But I think, like I said earlier, when he came on, considering he wasn't going to do what Martial does so well. He, he did really well because he, he's, his link-up play was really good. His, his flick-ons were really good. His selflessness was a lot better than what it usually is. Consi- and, and maybe that's a lot to do with the fact that he scored earlier on because we know how frustrated he got on Thursday night. Trying yeah. to score. So once it's off his back and he can sort of relax a little bit and, and open up and play a little bit more, then you see a better... I'm not saying, like I said, the limitations in his play. He's not a playmaker. He's not the the old mm-hmm. winger that we've seen. But but considering what I expected when he came on, and considering the fact that he's, he doesn't have the quick feet of Martial, and that's very right. important for this kind of build up. I thought, do you know what? It gave us. It, I wouldn't be too concerned if he started on on Sunday, and let's say that like, you put Martial on the bench just to give him a little bit of rest and bring him in sort of gingerly. With that, do you know what I mean? So, and well, it, who knows with uh, Martial how long this this will be, depending on what it is. But yeah, no, he did all right, Ronaldo tonight. Obviously, got the goal, and the there was a a different celebration, wasn't there, for his seventh hundred club goal? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that one was about. The butterfly fingers thing, not the 
see you thing. But he wasn't, he was kind of tripping over his own feet against ammonia. I thought there just seemed mm. something kind of not quite right about him, but uh, it was, he it, did fine tonight. It was so. probably due to the fact that everyone expected him to score and because of the level of the opponent, yeah. you know, they were expecting that he was... He reminded me a little bit of... Can you remember Brian Robson's last game when we played against Coventry? He was on 99 right. goals. So right. we're going back a while. Not many listeners will remember, I don't think. Well, maybe they will. You've got a discerning audience across generations, right, Ed? I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure some people will remember. Brian Robson's last game at Old Trafford. We'd already won the league. It was his farewell. I think he, he was open. It wouldn't be his farewell. He was still open to getting the cup final team. But Fergie played him anyway. And everyone was lining up trying to get Robson to score the underth goal in a way that I, I know that they were doing against um, Ammonia in the second half for sure. But it was a, even more obvious than that. Everyone was desperate for Robson to score in that game and it just couldn't happen. And I mean, Ronaldo himself at the end. I've only ever seen him like that once before. And that was, I remember, a game against Derby County way back before before the virus and everything like that. 2008, we were nil-nil. And he scored eventually, but when he, he celebrated at the end, he was like reeling off the chances that he'd missed, like one, two, three, four, five. And you sort of forgave that at the time because he was the best player in the world and you forgave the greediness. You don't so much... Forgive it when yeah. you know, it's been greedy and you're desperate to win against a team who aren't absolutely great. So to see the difference in his um, economy and his impact from Thursday tonight to tonight, yeah. I think is a lot more reassuring in terms of the fact that we're probably still going to have to play him until January at the least. So if he, if he yeah, can... well, we'll see. We'll see what happens later in the year and whether he really does leave in the window or not, because. I mean, it's the same. It's the same as in the summer, isn't it? I mean, he's got to, there's got yeah, to be a team yeah. that takes on his wages. United got to be willing to let him out of that contract and all of that. So, there was just one occasion tonight when I think he had three players to the left and he shot when he probably should have passed. The rest of them, I think, they were all justified. He made the right decisions most of the time, and that's the thing about Ronaldo. If if he's going to ruin the system, which he kind of does, and not going to pass, then it's bad Ronaldo if he doesn't score. He has to score to justify his place yeah, in the team. Yeah, yeah. And tonight, he did. And it was a good finish, wasn't it? And a, a great ball into the channel from Casemiro yeah. as well. So, yeah, there you go. All you, good. All is forgiven if he scores. What What do we make of Lindelof? Because obviously it's a big spell for him. It is a big spell. And Vran was on the, the bench tonight. I'm, I'm guessing not completely ready. Otherwise, he'd have played. My one worry with Lindelof is Calvert-Lewin would come on. Everton would get a yeah. free kick around the, the box and that would be it at the back post. And there was one occasion when Calvert-Lewin, yeah. uh, right near the end, 89-90 minutes on the clock and, and got a header on but couldn't get it on target. But, you know, I think when you have a lot of the ball, Lindelof looks a lot better than when United don't have the ball. That's a kind of very obvious truism, isn't it? But when he's got the ball, he moves the ball well. United look good with it. If he's under pressure, especially anything physical, he's not so much. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was good for for the 85 minutes until they started making the changes. I'm not saying that he was bad afterwards, but he got a little bit frenetic and he saw that it's difficult to judge, like I said, but yeah, he's all right. On paper, Lindelof and Martinez is not exactly the, <laughs> the duo you'd want against Duncan Calvert-Lewin. No. Uh, but, I mean, Martinez, no mistakes, right? He just doesn't. He's like, he's all combative. I don't think we have, we should have any concerns about him at all. 
So, I mean, no. unless they're going to bring Duncan Ferguson out of retirement, but then he bullied everyone. So, uh, and Lindelof's done all right. Yeah. And, and De- Delo, like we haven't mentioned him, he was good tonight as well. Got forward a lot, thought, contributed a lot on the right-hand side. You know, him and Anthony, maybe they're forming a partnership there. Yeah. No, yeah, I think you, you're definitely right. And I was when I was talking earlier about recovery of personality and stuff like that, Dallow's a very big part of that because he had it was horrendous against City. Let's like, not pull any punches, especially the first yeah. half. And I'm not I'm not digging him out. I just mean like he just had a he, he was one of a few who had a really bad day and we knew that he had that in him. But again, it goes back to the, the point I was making about Shaw and Martial and Lindelof. It's like, oh, what's the ceiling of these players? Are they going to be squad players for thing, for, for to get into the top four? Or are they going to be uh, good squad players for that? And this is, he had, a, he had a bad game and he could have gone backwards like we've seen in the past, but he didn't. He's recovered. He's, he's, he's He's kept his place because Wambasaka is just nowhere near the squad at the moment. I know that he missed the trip to Cyprus, so Dallo was kind of lucky because he probably might have had a rest for that one. So, but he did he did well in that game, and he, he he was very good again tonight. I think, and it does say a lot because you've got to remember that those kind of games, like we had against City, they can be very very mentally difficult for players to turn around so sure. and we've criticized these but i definitely have criticized these players for their mental resilience over the last year so to to see us putting two good results away and, and getting two two wins you've got to give those players the credit because they've been hammered for a year so to see that resilience it's like we, we were saying a couple of weeks ago on the pod about Maguire. this is a player who's had a lot of criticism and I was saying oh maybe it's time to lighten the load on him a little bit but all of the players really have been subjected to the same level of criticism those who've been around for the last year so when when they do play well it's only fair of us to then say all right look at his look at his response look at his character look at the way that he has stood up knowing that he knows that he's massively in the spotlight after what happened against City so fair play to 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 Dallo for sure I thought he was great again yeah, I haven't seen any of the post-match quotes from Ten Hag yet. I'm not sure, but I mean, I'm sure he'll, I'm, I'm sure he'll echo many of your thoughts about the resilience and the ability to come back tonight. I mean, they they have not shown that very often in the last two years. Well, there was that spell under Oli, wasn't there, where United kept coming back from behind. It kind of said something about the fact that they went behind so often that they had to keep coming back. But certainly under late stage Oli and Ragnik. That was not happening. Mm. And when when the team went behind in difficult circumstances, the heads all dropped and that was it. Done. Uh, and that didn't happen tonight. Uh, there wasn't a, you know, United were on top when Everton scored and on top after Everton scored in that first half. And a lot, a lot of, I guess, I guess we can feel better about this team that they managed to do that at Goodison Park. With the atmosphere, with the some of the results over the years being absolutely horrendous, like it's not as if this has been a good hunting ground for United, always. And so, yeah, no. we feel good about all of that. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I, I think the the Ollie thing is interesting because I was probably one of his biggest fans. Not not quite Tim Long sports on on Twitter. I wasn't quite <laughs> that enthusiastic, but I, I, I loved Ollie to bits. I, I still do. And I thought he was a better manager than, and he did a better job than what most people give credit for. But you did wonder sometimes are those performances 
papering over some of the cracks or, or the comebacks where they papering over some of the cracks. I'm not I'm not saying it's a good thing that we've had the last calendar year, so from starting from 9th of October 2021 to 9th of October 2022 when we're talking, I'm not saying that it's a good thing that we've had so many sobering experiences that let us know exactly where this team were. But what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to put the City defeat last week into perspective because we could have seen United get away with a result last week and, well, I don't know under what circumstance we could have seen it, but it could have happened, right? Theoretically, <laughs> theoretically well, in, yeah. in, in football, yeah. these things happen and it could have happened, but yeah. then you might have had people thinking, oh, we're a lot more advanced than what we think we are, but we've seen yeah. Brighton, we've seen, we've seen Brighton, Brentford and City give us lessons that... Not that we expected, but we knew the flaws of this team and we know right. that they're still there. So it's good that there's no hiding places and that we're seeing the problems and that we're seeing that the manager's being proactive with fixing them and that the players are proactive in stepping up and taking that responsibility because they are taking the responsibility in the performances in which they're showing. And that's all that you can ask of them. So I'm not saying, all oh, right, it's better that we lost against City. But it's a reminder of the level of where we are and where we need to be because everybody knows we're nowhere near that level. And I'm not saying it's a, again. I'm definitely not saying it's a good thing that we we conceded six, but it is that was the reminder. That's where we are, and and we're a long way from that. So as long as we're tempering that expectation, and and we're like, all right, that's a bump in the road, pretty sizable one. But it's like, yeah. all right, it's a reality check, and now the players are where they are. I think if we start measuring the progress based on on that, then I think, then I think we've got every right to be a lot more optimistic. Do you know what I mean? Wayne making the ball case there. It, you're, you're a Harry Maguire social media post. We'll bounce back. <laughs> that's, that's <it. laughs> no. Interesting stat. The last time United came from behind to win a Premier League game, who was the manager? Solskjaer. Michael Carrick. Oh, I mean, yeah. When, when, was Sol- when was Ollie fired? Have we had four in that you talking about the last... The last year, twelve months, calendar months, twelve months. Was Ollie still manager on the 9th of October last year? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Because it was November he got fired. So yeah, he had yeah, Ollie, yeah. Carrick, Rangnick, Ralph, and 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 ten or four managers in the past year. Interesting times. So I was just looking up some of the the ten hard quotes after the game. He said that the Rashford one should have been a goal. I mean, instinctively, yeah. I'd say the same thing too because he used to like, like no way he knew that I was hitting his hand. I just. I just think, and I could be totally wrong about this because they've changed the guidance so often, but I thought it was, if it hits the goal scorer's hand, it's handball unless it's come off another part of his body. Mm. Again, sorry if I'm wrong for all the amateur refs out there. They have changed this one a lot. He could have passed it and let's say Ronaldo finishes it and it would have stood. And that would have been a goal. That would have been fine. Yeah. What yeah, yeah. on earth? I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought I, watching it in real time, you think it's a goal, and then you you go back and write, okay, that's the rule. Then do you know what I mean? And it's, I, I what can you do in that in that you know, cause the interpretation? That's how the referee's he's taking it. And I I, I I I thought it was a goal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I I think it <laughs> I think it looked like a perfectly good goal. But what can you do? Yeah, screw far. And and then the other one was Anthony Gordon going right through the back of of Bruno. I mean, yeah, 
Is he saved because he's got some touch on the ball after cleaning out both of Bruno's legs? I'm not sure. I mean, look, incredibly dangerous to me. He is a filthy scally, isn't he, that one? I mean. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Do you know what? I I know. I think it was a yellow. It it was between a yellow and a red, but more yellow because I, I think it was it was an aggressive tackle and it it was i think just on the right side of losing control and you don't want to lose those tackles completely because they're the they can change the pace of the game and that's what you want yeah. you need that kind of fire you don't want it to but i mean that's the risk of football isn't it you you always gonna, you're always going to run the risk when you've got an aggressive player who wants to win the ball back that that's the risk. Unfortunately, that's part of the risk of a physical game, and you don't want to yeah. outlaw the tackle. I think it, it, ten years ago, that's a good tackle. No, fifteen years ago, that's a good 15. tackle. Fifty, <laughs> yeah, maybe twenty. <laughs> we really are stretching <laughs> back for, for the discerning audience on this one. But a while back, as at least in the time I've been watching football, that could have been a good tackle for sure, and it would have got the blood pumping in the audience and everything like that, and gets them for it. I, and now, I, I do agree it was a yellow card. I don't think, I think it would have been a little bit harsh for it to be a red, but it was, it was so like on that, but it was on the scale, wasn't it? it of, on the border, yeah, of, of between reckless and dangerous, I guess. The And the other thing, I guess we've got to talk about Ronaldo, 700 goals, and we mentioned it briefly earlier. Paul, former podcast host, hasn't been seen in public since. He is still alive, folks. I, I believe. Good. I just see him on. I just see him on on messaging. So it could be a bot. But anyway, he said if Erling Haaland scores forty three goals a season until he's Ronaldo's age, yeah. then he'll catch Ronaldo. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean that's hell of a career. Whatever you think of Ronaldo and his performances since he's come back, and Ronaldo the human might yeah. not think very highly in either in either case. That is one hell of a career. And I, I tweeted Paul's comment was pretty good. That's a really good one. But I, I'll add my own little roll out for this one. Since he's returned to United, he's hit the following landmarks. And if it sounds like I'm reading, I'm reading my own tweet. <laughs> so I'm not referencing. You're allowed to read your own tweets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm, I'm referencing Google or anything. So he's become the top international goal scorer in the history of the men's game, which he, he did that before he kicked a ball for us after his return, wasn't it? It's the first international break. He scored 800, he, well, he reached 800 career goals when he scored against Arsenal. Is that right? Yeah, and then top goal scorer in the history of the men's club football when he scored the hat-trick against Spurs. And then tonight, 700 club goals. I mean, yeah, I, I, the opinion of whether or not it was the right or wrong thing to do to bring him back is going to be one that's, going to split opinion for 10, 20 years. I don't think anyone is going to have a conclusive opinion. I'm on the side of the fact that we weren't going to win anything last year. And if you're not going to win anything football, then it's measured in moments. Now, Ed, I know sure. that you will, you will probably say, well, those moments are, are better to measure if you're not looking at a regression. And I think that's a fair argument and that's where the opinion is split. But if you're not, if you're looking to the fact to say, oh, we were probably due a cycle of regression in terms of the manager was going to get sacked at some point. I'm not saying that that was inevitable. Anyway, the point I'm saying is that football's measured in moments. You've literally had like four or five moments with Ronaldo, include the couple of hat-tricks that he scored as well. The couple of late winners in in European football. That We've had a lot of massive historical moments as well. And all being equal, 
I'm glad that, um, considering the last couple of years, we haven't had trophies to show for them. I'm glad that there's a, a period in history where we'll say, oh, Ronaldo was a Manchester United player when he, he reached all these landmarks. I think it's a good thing for the club that he did that. It's a good thing to look back at. You know, like we look at the greats like Puskas and Di Stefano and what Messi's achieved and everything like that. I think mm. it's not, you can argue the rights and wrongs about the regression. And certainly they're different arguments to the ones that I'm making. I'm not going to say, you know, anyone's not entitled to that opinion. I just sure. think it, I just think it's a great thing, a, a good thing, not a great thing. I think it's a good thing that, He's achieved these notable landmarks, and I'm glad that I've been at Old Trafford to see a couple of them. Do you know what I mean? Because at least you mm. see in history, you know. And if you're not seeing your team win trophies, then it's good to see these things. So, well, that's right. When United were crap in the 80s, that's that's what you look forward to—the moments, the cup victories, <laughs> the the one-offs yeah. against Liverpool. So, yeah. it, it, we'll see how much we get more of Ronaldo. I'd be surprised if he left in January, to be honest. But if he does leave in January, we've got about another month of him before the world and then it's it's the windows open so well i i think he'll be here till the end of the season i the club may well trigger the extra year they do have the option i, I would be shocked even more shocked for them to do that the kind of wages he's on yeah. to be a bit part player it doesn't make a lot of sense but what we'll get a few moments who like my 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 instinct would have been to say he is going to be too disruptive to be a squad player. This will be a disaster. Now, whether it's him having just settled down and said, okay, well, I'm here for the season now, so I might as well make the best of it, or whether it's Ten Hag has convinced him to play a part and not be a dick, I don't know the answer to that one, but it's not been completely disastrous, him being on the bench. It's not a bad role for him. He can come on in games like this, or in other types of games, make a contribution. That's that's fine. It's not a yeah. thirty million nettos worth of worth of contribution, but I'd, yeah, it'd be hard for him if he was scoring Erling Haaland levels of goals. It's still you're going. He earns how much? Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's never going to be able to justify that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, he's. And that's the roundabout part of the argument because, yeah, you're absolutely right. And United made a rod for the wrong bite by bringing him back. And we, are, some of us had an idealistic view of how it would go and some of us had a, a more realistic view of it because of the the kind of team that he was coming into and the kind of True. sort of service line that was provided in that front line anyway. I'm not saying that it's a front line that doesn't provide service. It does, but it needs the components to be right. As we've seen, Martial, Rashford, Sancho, Bruno those kind of players link up well and it's not really conducive to the kind of goal supply that Ronaldo is traditionally favoured for receiving. Yep. But like you've said, it, they, it doesn't seem to be completely disastrous so far and, and there are some indications that it could be useful and that I guess a, a useful a useful Ronaldo as a substitute is probably yeah. the best that we can ask for at the moment. All right, well, that's victory over Everton. We've got another top European game against Ammonia. Nicosia coming up. Anything you saw in last week's game that you're fearful of, Wayne? No, I, I think that they... It's funny, I, I know a few Ammonia fans, actually. You wouldn't have right. credited it, but I do. I know a few. 
and, and they're all good eggs. And, and they knew, they sort of knew that this was like uh, the biggest game for them and everything like that. And I, I did actually, we were having the conversation before and you're having that, that conversation with friends and when it is more friendly, you big it up a little bit and you sort of say, oh, well, don't write it off. But then I, w- I was thinking of like Road to Volgograd and other games like that where we've uh-huh. slipped up in the past. And I said, look, like United aren't at the best. They are not traditional. At the moment, they're not traditionally great responders to setbacks. So they had a good chance to strike at a vulnerability. And they also had the uh, the advantage of United not knowing a lot about them. I know they were probably scoured, but they still wouldn't have known until they came up face to face with them. So they had the opportunity to strike against United, and they did because I think they played very well and they pushed United and they made United work very hard for that win. But I think they really that, did. I think that that was the chance. Do you know what I mean? They, they, I do. I'm not being disrespectful because I think they could rise to the occasion of playing Old Trafford, but I think it might be a little bit too much for them. I, I would think so. I mean, United have got to win all of the final three games to top the group, basically. And I can't remember whether it's done on head-to-head or away goals any, or goals difference anymore because they changed that as well, didn't they? But anyway, United are going to have to win at Sociedad to come top of the group. And the only reason why it really matters, I mean, in Champions League, in theory, you'd be saying, well, so we get a an easier game in the next round. In the Europa League, you play an extra round if you don't top the group. Yeah. And so United will be playing a two-legged game in a calendar after January, of which there will be no space whatsoever. Yeah. So it's probably going to mean some awful sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday type schedule one week somewhere. And it'll be a Champions League dropout, so tougher game in theory, yeah. at least. So Tom in the group's quite important, really. And so that slip-up against Sociedad at Old Trafford is kind of meaningful, assuming that United beat Ammonia this Thursday and then beat Sheriff at Old Trafford the week after. Yeah. It's the week after that in, in San Sebastian that will be the key game, I think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, let's not discount the idea of Sociedad dropping points because look, the the teams that we've played against, they're not they've not been easy games, and and they've sure. also given yeah. good. Apart from Sheriff's first game, was it, or maybe Ammonia's first game? Apart from that, it's they've been it's been a quite keenly contested group, and the teams have given good accounts of themselves. So they've definitely made the United have been made to work, and you would say on the balance of it, that the, the two home games should be fairly comfortable for United now that they've navigated those two fairly tricky away ties. And yeah. that it should put us in a good position to take advantage of any potential slip-up by Sociedad. But let's also reframe the argument. You said you know United have to go to Sociedad and win, which is true. But any win against United, against them will be good for United because of the fact that they only won one nil at Old Trafford. So if it is done on oh, it's true. yeah, if it's done on head or goal difference, all those kind of things will count in United's favour. Presuming or on on the assumption that one of these two games that they get get at home that they register a nice scoreline in, which you, yeah, would, yeah. you would think that they will. And the next one would be the right to right one to do it. I mean, I, th- I think Ammonia are probably just a bit weaker than Sheriff. I mean, there's not a lot in it. Uh, I mean, Sheriff were very good in, in the Champions League when they were in it last season. Yeah, uh, but it's a it's a much changed squad. Yeah, uh, for some understandable reasons, they're not playing at home. It's uh, all of that. It's 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 very different. Um, but yeah, 
This is this is the one. If United want to rack up a few goals to sort out that goal difference, a couple of goals behind Sociedad, Real Sociedad, I should say. Sociedad is not a place. So mm. Real Sociedad. It's it's yeah. This is the one to do it. But they're bringing five thousand fans to Old Trafford. Should be a great atmosphere. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Without without yeah. doubt. I mean, some of those games you don't really look forward to, especially the Thursday night ones. But I'm I'm not not looking forward to this one because of the fact that I do. This is something different about. I'm not going to get the chance to experience it this time around. But I love going into Manchester before the game because of the atmosphere that the fans make around the visiting fans. They make around yeah. town. The Madrid Atletico Madrid fans last season were really good in town before the game. So it sort of get lended to the atmosphere quite. I know that the game was a bit of a damp squib, but the atmosphere beforehand was pretty good, and you knew that they were going to be being good form in the game so and you know that these guys will be because it's a massive a massive day for them and, and that's not with condescension or anything it is a massive day for them and they're going to enjoy it I remember you know remember Bilbao in 2012 mm-hmm. they they their fans were incredible when they came to Old Trafford mm-hmm. and it does I mean that's what you're there for I mean all right it's the Europa League and it's dressed up in a absolutely terrible name and everything like that we've discussed this on the podcast before but the occasion of a team bringing a great away support, and it's you might not, we might not play them again. As as lowly ranked as they are, and everything, it's still going to be a special experience for them. And because of that, it lends itself to the occasion a little bit more. And especially if United can rack up a few goals. And and, and to be fair, nobody at the moment, in this moment in time, is going to turn up the the nose of like four or five goals being scored by United. You know what I mean? Because you can't take those kind of games for granted at any any moment. So. You know? Well, look, if, if United win 1-0, it's, it wouldn't surprise me. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. not taking it for granted. I, I assume there's going to be some changes. I, I don't know which changes exactly. Because, so, I mean, maybe Ronaldo will play because he needs some minutes. Maybe he won't because Martial won't be fit and they'll be expecting him to play at the weekend. Who knows? Maybe they move Rashford through the centre again and... And Sancho comes into the side. It'd be interesting because the players who need the minutes are the ones that actually played today. You know, Shaw, Casemiro, Ronaldo. Yeah. So, yeah. And we haven't seen any of the youngsters really play much this season. I guess this could be the game in theory, but can't really take too many chances. I mean, really do need... Can't, can't risk... Do we... Here's a question for you, Wayne. If United come third, is there a relegation into the Conference League? Does it work like that? I have absolutely no idea. Could we end up in the Conference League? Is there a risk of that happening? I'm going to surprise Sorry. you here. My interest in this competition doesn't extend to such permutations. <laughs> I really don't know. I really <laughs> no, don't know. I, know. I think if we go out, we go out. And I haven't really considered. And I think there is. Is there like some kind of a knock-on effect like that? And I... Honestly, I don't. I, I really don't know. And you know what? To stretch some analogies here, if if United are sick horse and you put them down in that case, wouldn't you? I just I'd much rather we're out than playing in the Conference League. Christ <laughs> Almighty! Anyway, back to back to Ammonia coming to Old Trafford. Lots of fans. They'll make a great atmosphere. It's United is still a still despite the last ten years. United are a big draw around Europe. This is. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for the fans. Not in a, I'm not saying that in a patronising no. way, although it's kind of patronising, isn't it? But, but still, 
likelihood is that ammonia won't be coming to Old Trafford again anytime soon. Mm. Big day out. Big one for the the, the travelling players as well. Big. The real question is, which of the ammonia players will ask Cristiano for his shirt first? Oh, they were saying that the other night as well. It's, their, their catch-22 is, do we set up to keep United out or do we try and catch them early on with the early goal? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's the real sort of crux of the matter for them because they're going to want the result and it's just about the way in which they go about it. I mean, Neil Lennon's going to want a famous scalp and everything like that. They're going to take some confidence from the fact that they ran as close on, on Thursday night. So they're going to yeah. come like, they're not going to come thinking, oh, we're going to get battered 5-0 or anything like that. So there's... There is that, and it, that's going to lend itself to the spectacle as well. So I, I don't know about the changes, Ed. I think I my guess would be that he'll start with a strong side and then look to kill the game off and make the changes after that. Do you know what I mean? Because, like you said, it's not one that even taking a 1-0 isn't something that you can take for granted at the moment. So, yeah, I would start strong and then make the changes. Having said that, that's a bit of a bold one to do if you're nil-nil on 60 minutes. So, Yeah. All right. I guess that's it for this week. <laughs> and, as, and as you've got any final final thoughts on the, uh, the mega tie that is Ammonia and Nicosia versus United, how far we done fell? No, I, I do have one little thing that's not that's not to do with the, the classic tie and the European tie of the week. Sammy McElroy, I don't know if it... The, it this will be common news by the you time. You may have heard of him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I keep plugging him all the time, but this is this is for actual football-related news. He's been appointed back at Macclesfield as a mentor to the manager. Okay. Because they're having a bit of a rough time at the moment. Obviously, they've been relegated back into the non-league and they're trying to sort of find their feet again. Sammy, as people might know, was is probably... I think I can, I think I can remove probably is Macclesfield's best ever manager oversaw their best ever period. And he's gone back there. Robbie Savage has contacted him. He contacted him in the middle of last week, asked him to go to the game at the weekend to, to sort of see the setup, see what he thinks of where, you know, where Macclesfield currently are. And if he'd like to come back, because the manager's struggling a little bit and he kind of needs, right. would it have appreciated some kind of mentorship? And I don't know exactly what that, what form that's going to take. All I know is that I, I talked to Sammy last week about it and he obviously wants to get back into football. He loves Macclesfield. Not, I mean, his relationship with them is can't be questioned because he's got such a strong affinity with the fans yeah. down there. And he's, his love for the club has taken him back there. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see. I just thought it might be interesting to former United. Obviously, Robbie Savage runs things down there and he got Sammy back. So that's he's loosely connected. Even if I sort of plug in my... Just plug in Sammy for the sake no, of No, no, it's, it's perfectly well connected. Two, two former two United old boys and yourself. Getting on in years as well, might add. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> we went there already. Wow! <laughs> All right, from one old boy me to another, not quite as old. Wayne, thank you very much for listening, everyone. <laughs>